side In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life Hello everybody and welcome to the So Weird Podcast. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 5, Listen. My name is Kat. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. So today Zach couldn't be here with us, but we are proud to introduce everybody to Jimmy who's joining us this evening and hopefully for different episodes to come. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Tonight's episode is Listen. This title of the episode always bothers me because we never really listened because this episode centers around a major plot thread that never really gets resolved. The episode (laughs) opens up with Molly and the gang arriving at a charity benefit in this small country town where there's farmers who run this bakery. Everybody loves the food, but dun dun dun. The bread makes you psychic. Yeah, which is great. And I, I want to note first, you know, the intro was really different than any other episode. It was kind of like this old school, like spy movie type onomatopoeia um, with like 1940s video clips. At least that was kind of the ambiance it was trying to give off. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. It's like they went, I don't know, a little different route there. It was like half that and then it went have to the usual way they present their intro with those old archive videos. Mm -hmm. I love the old archive videos because as a child, whenever I saw that, I thought like, oh, this is real. This is serious. I'm learning about history. (laughs) And yeah, and in this episode, we actually are. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that, but this episode actually is shining a light a little bit into history. Like, is it like the the farming stuff? Uh, Actually, the crop circles in that area, we're going to go a little bit more deeper into it as the episode moves along. Um, But so far, the very end of that intro, we definitely do see the alien kind of hovering over this particular farm. And then we kind of see that light kind of go down and embrace everything. And then the light shoots back up into this ship and it disappears. And that's when the episode starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the cosmic music that they had there. The X-Files. Mm-hmm. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> so they get off of the bus, and the first thing we hear is Irene and Molly sort of discussing that there's no guitarist, right? Yeah. Uh, I think she's missing a guitar player. I don't remember why. Did the reason, go off? Yeah, she said that, Um, let me see here. She said that he was stolen because he did a gig in Nashville. And Irene goes, Molly, I told you not to let him do that gig in Nashville because um, he would get stuck doing something else. So he went to Nashville to work on another show and he ended up getting caught doing that. So he couldn't return for the Molly show. And this is a great side subplot line for mm-hmm. Carrie, who, as we just found out in last episode, Nightmare has dropped out of college. Irene and Ned do not know that he's dropped out of college, but Molly does. So there's this really interesting dynamic between the characters as Molly knows Carrie's dropped out. Irene, Molly's friend and manager, does not know. Carrie is an excellent guitarist who knows all the songs, 
So now Molly has tried to get Carrie to join the band, and Irene's not too happy about it. Yeah. Nope. Clue and Fear together a lot in this episode, which is probably one of my favorite things about this because I'm a Clue fee shipper. Aww. Yeah. And uh, something to note is that once again, like in Drive, they're wearing matching outfits. What? <laughs> yeah, they're both wearing floral print prints in that first scene in the bakery. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I love the part here where we hear um, Carrie and Clue kind of talking, and um, Carrie's like, you know, Mom doesn't know that I'm I dropped out of college. What do you think she's gonna think when she hears that? Or he says, Mom's head is going to explode. That's what Carrie says. And Clue makes a cute little side note. He goes, well, then warn me before you tell her, okay? <laughs> yeah, Clue's so great for comic relief. I swear. And right before that scene happens, it's Jack comes in to Fee's room on the bus and tells her, like, oh, hey, we're going to head out. And he's like, okay, just wait a second. I'm emailing Candy, and then I'll be right there or something. Mm-hmm. And then Jack just looks at his watch and was like, okay, time's up. And Clue yeah. just comes in and he's like, I'll walk slow. I love that <laughs> part. a little smile. It's so cute. Yeah, I like that part. <laughs> um, so when they go into the bakery, that's where we meet the, I guess, the antagonist of this episode. Yeah. Um, who I, fr- I forget his name, it's Greg. Greg, yeah. And the mom's name is Mary. If you didn't recognize the woman, the mother is actually Mrs. Thompson, the realtor from Jumanji. Remember the lady who got stung by the mosquito? Man, I haven't seen that movie in forever, but that's cool. Yeah, so she was the realtor at the beginning showing um, Judy and Peter and the aunt uh, the house. And then later in the movie, she gets stung by the mosquitoes that were released by the game. And Peter's like, who's that? And then Judy's like, Mrs. Thomas, the realtor, and that was uh, the mother, Mary. And if you didn't recognize Greg, he was in movies like Freddy vs. Jason, Romeo Must Die, and Josie and the Pussycats. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. I really like Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. Was he, did he have, like, a big part in it or something? Um, I don't um, know exactly what part he was. I meant to go and see, like, was he killed in the movie or something like that? Um, but I didn't. We'll have to follow up on that. But he's definitely in the movie. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're um, mother and son. The son helps with the bakery. No, wait, the mom runs the bakery and the son helps with the farming and all that. And they have ESP and then Fee kind of she catches this because they he starts where they start guessing like what they're saying not guessing they know yeah and then like, he's like whoa and he already knows like oh the eclairs are over there and they're like whoa how does he know i'm here for the eclairs mm-hmm. yeah which is interesting i think that was the first part that fee notices something weird if you notice fee's eyes in that scene she's kind of like eavesdropping on the little eclair scene with carrie and clue and then he comes over and he just automatically asks Fee and Jack, like, so your mom's playing the benefit. Um, and then he kind of is a little snubby and rude. And he says, uh, oh, I'm sure this is going to be great publicity for her, kind of snubbing her concert. 
-hmm. Yeah, he's not at all grateful for it, and Fee kind of calls him out on that. But then he makes the point of like, oh, you're here for one day, you just play some songs, you don't really know what it's like living on a farm. You don't do the hard work that goes into it. Yeah. It's like, geez. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty mean in this episode. Yeah, he was rude. Yeah. So he's pretty <laughs> snotty. But then it always kind of gets me where he figures out that the wheat causes PSP. So she goes in and she kind of antagonizes the his mother at the bakery. When he comes, she comes in the next day to order some more food, and Mary asks, "Hi, what can I help you with today?" Don't you know? It's yeah. her voice as she asks me that always bothers me because she just assumes that everybody in the town is in on this big secret with the wheats. Yeah, which is kind of Fee's style, and it's kind of innocent on her part too because since Mary, the lady, doesn't know what she's talking about, it kind of goes totally unnoticed that she's kind of being rude and pushy, which is kind of funny. And I noticed before that scene, um, we got we kind of got to see a little bit more of Ca Candy's character. If you notice, he got to kind of gossip with her a little bit on the computer about her crush um, and stuff like that. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, one of my favorite lines from the episode is during their AIM conversation, when they're instant messaging each other, one of them is like, invasion of the psychic wheat farmers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. a few years ago, the same people who ran Conrad's hideout also had, for a while, a So Weird store where they sold merch. And one of them was a t-shirt that said invasion of the psychic wheat farmers on it. So I always love that Aww. line. Oh, I never knew that. That's amazing. I never knew I that. I thought they had a shirt that said they harvest the wheat on it. Yes, that too. Uh -huh. <laughs> so now whenever I hear that line, I'm like, oh my gosh, they put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so awesome. I would love to have that. <laughs> no one would have like, any idea what it was from, though. <laughs> I know. It's like the, what, the 12 in our fandom, like someone said. <laughs> Yeah, so after talking with Candy, that's when they go back, um, you know. But first, Carrie does discuss that he's a little upset that his mom won't let him play the show. And um, he's like, you know, I know what she's thinking. That's the part where Fee's brain is kind of turning a little bit. Because Carrie's like, I know what she's thinking. She's thinking that I can't handle it. And Fee's like, oh, yeah? What do you mean you, don't, you know what she's thinking? And he's like, well... She's my mom, so I know what she's thinking. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, I, knew, oh, I, knew yeah that. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then they run into Greg. Uh, he's kind of unloading the truck, and they decide to go ahead and um, approach him against Clue's wishes. Clue's like, well, maybe we need to avoid this guy. And Jack's like, no. Big, brave Jack trying to chase down the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to say, this is the part when I was younger where I kind of tuned out during the episode, like, to talk about corporate farming and all this stuff. is like, oh, yeah. it don't make any sense to me as a kid. Uh, so I don't know what they were thinking there. Well, it's interesting. Episode. It's interesting because I was like, okay, because you know how, as fans, we try to figure out where is Molly's tour and where are all these dates? What cities are they in? Mm -hmm. Well, if you notice, when she's talking with Candy, um, they're specifically discussing a city called Hutchinson. Yeah, and, Kansas, yeah. right? Yeah, 
in Kansas. So we, we know that's the setting is Kansas um, in, uh, yeah, that city. And then if you look online, you'll notice that that actually has been happening in, in that city. There have been a lot of reports of crop circles in that specific city in Kansas. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, a lot. I, I looked online and just tons of thick, like tons of stuff comes up for like wheat farms uh, having crop circles in them. So it was interesting. That was totally true. What did they look like? <laughs> oh, they look gorgeous. Um, you know, it's strange <clears throat> how beautiful they are, but they're all like geometrically symmetrical, um, can't be explained really. Um, and yeah, so at this point in the episode, um, we know that is actually happening in that city. So it's totally feasible. And um, moving along a little bit, let's see here. Yeah, so she finds info on Hutchinson because Candy had sent her the email. And I thought it was interesting that Candy's email is actually cando303 at earthsend.net. And I was like, is that a Mountain Dew reference? I don't know. Can do. <laughs> No, I think it's just a play on candy, can. And I was thinking of honeydew, or like dew from like water on plants. I don't know. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking funny of how, like, All the screen names are like play on people's names or nicknames. Yeah. Like these rocker baby, uh, James's tulpa master. So that's where we find out um, where Fee kind of gets that idea that they harvest the wheat was right after she read that article about Hutchinson, Kansas, um, with all the crop circle articles. Um, and that's when she looks at the muffin um, and says, they harvest the wheat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny scene because it's like she's just staring at this muffin. Yeah. And then <laughs> so it, clips, it clips to this scene with her, um, of course, walking with Carrie. Or, I'm sorry, Clue. And that's when she's like, well... The crop circles are changed by heat, so maybe it changes the molecular structure of the wheat. Yeah, so her theory was the heat from the spaceships of the aliens are changing the molecular structure, and the mm -hmm. wheat gets harvested, and then they make the bread, and people eat it. And Yeah, this is the part of the episode that I never fully understood. Same here. And this is where the episode gets frustrating, because mm -hmm. we hear all this talk about how are these crop circles getting made there has to be aliens coming here mm -hmm. but then the story thread is kind of abandoned but and it, we never really find out exactly what's going on well i did a little bit of like digging like i just made sure i was really paying attention to the script and um i'm not sure exactly who says this i think it was clue who goes well nobody's reported anything for five years and then Fee goes, well, maybe someone is keeping it quiet. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why they go back to the bakery. And then Fee interrogates the mom, Mary. Uh, Fee asks about visitors of any kind and if Mary has ever been scared on her farm. And then Mary, like, looks nervous. And she's like, no, never. And then as Clue and Fee are leaving the bakery, that's when Greg walks out from the back and he sees them leaving the shop. Um, so we did kind of get that little bit more of the plot is that nobody's reported any crop circles for five years in the area because obviously the Hollanders are keeping it quiet because they need to continue to harvest their wheat in order to make money to run their farm. Yeah, so, they don't want to lose the farm. Exactly. And his dad died. Remember, he's like, you're not the only one. 
when they yeah. had approached uh, him. So that's such a creepy part of the episode where Fee decides to investigate the crop circles, and Jack decides to go with her to try to keep her out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And there's all these thoughts where Greg is on a tractor, like chasing them down, chasing them out of the crop circles. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he's in my head. Get him out. Make him stop. Mm-hmm. No idea what he's talking about. Greg is like, uh, the way they he delivered his lines was so like creepy. Like I bought into his villainous type of character. Oh but, yeah. Um, it was so like, I don't know. He's saying. Like, oh, Fee Phillips, that's your name. I know your secret. And I'm thinking, like, what's her secret besides the whole Rick thing? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, do you want to know what Jack really thinks of you? He's how angry he is at you. And I'm like, what? I know. Like, that's what? So Jack. <laughs> I don't know. Jack would was... think, like, you're annoying, but, like, in a little sister annoying type of way, not maliciously. Yeah. So I don't know if he was saying that to, like, scare her or... Does Jack really think something like bad yeah, about her? I, I think know. it would just be like a mind game. Yeah. A manipulator. Mm-hmm. And going back just a little bit, um, because right before they have that, you know, issue with him in the field where he's in her head, um, it's interesting to note that, of course, we hear Shadezy. Like right after <laughs> they, they leave the shop, we get to hear little goodbyes by Shadezy, which is cool. And Ned and Irene are actually arguing about Irene not being flexible. And um, that's when they're kind of arguing because Irene reads Ned's mind in that scene. And she's like, I'm not being inflexible. And he's like, I didn't say that. And um, and they start arguing. But then Ned walks by as Clue and, and Fee are talking. And Ned steals Clue to help him. But then did you guys notice that Molly actually goes behind Irene's back? and tells the stage manager she like you just hear her kind of in side conversation but she's like he was good in rehearsal and irene says he's the best for the roster today um and then that's when um molly turns to fee and molly reads fee's mind and molly's like you know what baby you're right about carrie he can do it remember and then irene walks up and molly's like um, you know, being vindictive Molly. She doesn't say a word, you know, that she's already told the band manager, but she's basically like, he's going to do it. And that's when Irene reads Molly's mind. Yeah. This yeah. has always stuck out to me as, like, such a pivotal moment between these two adult characters mm-hmm. where it's almost like high schoolers backstabbing each other. Like, you yeah. had my son in rehearsal like don't even talk to me anymore how could you yeah and she feels like it's not well she makes a note in the beginning of the episode she goes having a music career isn't even for people who are sane yeah 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 i like that irene's take on like the whole music business is just like craziness because that's probably what she deals with <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, yeah, and even Molly's been discouraging Carrie from pursuing it. Like, as we saw in the episode Nightmare, where she told him, like, it's better to be try to become a czar of Russia than a musician. So I always appreciated the way the show handles it through a realistic lens, not like Hannah Montana, where it's like, yay, be a pop star, you can do it. It goes yeah. into the real as- realistic aspect of it's not realistic, it's very difficult to get into, and you won't make as much money as you will in another profession. 
Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like kids are going to do what they want to do. And obviously he didn't do well in school. And we kind of know the little bit of a backstory with, um, I think the episode was Chrysalis, right? The last episode. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's probably the connection that Molly's making with Carrie a little bit. Um, is that whole alcohol backstory? I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't think that really plays a role, okay. especially not in this episode, because mm-hmm. it's like an issue of the music and the way Carrie says, like, "Oh, it's what I love to do. I love being a musician." I think like that's the real pull for them. Yeah. Yeah, like Molly probably sees herself back when she was Carrie's age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the resident Molly Carrie shipper, because I cannot unsee whoever, <laughs> it's so cute when they're on stage together at the end of the show where Molly holds out her hands and takes Carrie's hand and they go and they bow together. Yeah. It's cute. Another <laughs> affectionate moment I noticed is right after Irene reads Molly's mind and she's like, oh my God. He, he dropped out of college. I can't believe he didn't tell me. And then she, like, walks off, and Molly's like, Irene. Well, then, like, Molly turns directly around to Carrie. And, oh, the hand on the chest touch. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's like, well, you're going on stage, buddy. And he's like, what? Really, Mrs. P? And she's like, yeah, hurry up. Like, that scene when she goes, hurry up, like, her face looking at him was so, like, romantic i don't know yeah like she <laughs> leaned in her hands on his chest yeah like stay away from my son molly <laughs> right. zach would be shaking his head yeah right. <laughs> Which, if you think about it we are totally disgusting because if you think of the christmas episode like for all we know molly like changed carrie's diapers like we don't even know uh, I don't so. think ever i don't think about that <laughs> No, like, in my mind, Carrie has always been a young adult. Molly has always been an adult. Like, the timeline before season one, it, it never existed. Except in flashbacks. <laughs> Only in flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Molly totally doesn't tell Carrie that she she didn't really do anything, but the bomb got dropped to Irene. So, Carrie is still totally, he's out of the loop. He does not know that his mom now knows he dropped yeah. out. Which I think she didn't tell him, so he'd stay in good spirits for the concert. Mm, true. And did any of you guys notice that the audience cut scenes during the concert? That's like totally from like a Selena concert or something. <laughs> it is. Well, it, they just look like they're totally, like, at a rancher, ranchero concert in, like, Mexico. They're all wearing, like, ranchero hats, and they're all dark-skinned. Well, like, yeah. Molly and Irene are all wearing, like, cowboy hats. I thought it was, like, the farm atmosphere. Or the country yeah. atmosphere, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not clapping along to the beat of the song. So. <laughs> no, it's totally cut footage from like some random show. Yeah, and it's like there's so many people, the crowd's so large. And I'm like, where did all these people come from? Q yeah. cut scene. For Shadaisy and for Molly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and while we're on the topic of music, I just want to note again I'm pretty sure we mentioned this in the last episode in Nightmare, where Molly gets her, her inspiration for the song The New Math. This is the song that she performs in this episode with Carrie. 
And Disney actually cuts out verses of it because they specifically mentioned divorce. Really? So I always thought that was really interesting. And it makes the song all the more powerful when you listen to the full version. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I thought they just cut them out for time. Sake. No, it in the FAQ is specifically because Disney did not want to touch on the topic of divorce. If you look at the full lyrics, they have the song of instead of one house, now you'll have two, but don't worry, mommy still loves you, daddy still loves you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole song is basically about having a um yeah, it is all about relationship and basically your parents splitting up and how you have to live your life after you lose a parent. That's basically what the song is about. Yeah, I like yeah. the title of it, New Math. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's such a good analogy. Yeah. I always thought it was catchy, but then listening to the full version, it really made me appreciate it for what the the lyrics were. Yeah, trying and to I like say. I like Carrie's guitar solo. <laughs> yes, I love his face as he's playing the guitar solo. He's so happy up there. And I think this is where he really started to become a heartthrob. <laughs> well, yeah. Daisy loved him. <laughs> Did you? Do you remember that part? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. they were like, you should come work with us or something, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. They, uh, I think Molly asked if they could borrow their guitar player to play rhythm, and the Shadezi member said, sure, if we can borrow yours later. Like, what, <laughs> what do you mean by that? I know. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> All these cougars, like, trying to get with these teenage boys. Criminy. So let's see here. I'm trying to go uh, yeah, something I wanted to bring up. Um, after Fee kind of figures out or has a theory that ESP is happening from eating the bread, like it, I think it's interesting that she directly tells Molly because like, she doesn't usually tell her theories to people or maybe to Jack or Clue, but not really to Molly much. Mm -hmm. And then she asks, she says that line again, like, oh, so you don't believe me because Molly's, you know, not buying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're sitting there having a chit-chat um, basically about all her findings about how the crop circle could be affecting the wheat. But then Molly's kind of kind of feeding in a little bit. She's like, mm -hmm. well, okay, then how did it affect the entire town? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we kind of see Molly like a little bit like, oh, uh, maybe, but no, no, like wanting to deny it so badly. And then we don't find out why until later on the season in Strange Geometry. Yeah, and then after that, she tell uh, Fee tells Clue, I believe, about everything. I love how Fee always confides in Clue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and during the scene where like Irene and Molly have their little breakdown, and then Carrie gets told he's coming on stage, like right after that is when Clue. If you look at Fee, Fee's like sitting on some of the boxes for like the guitars and stuff. And she has like this cute little slouch like on there and she's just listening to everything. And then Clue walks up to her and he's like, Fee, are you going to come? And then Fee's like, I have to figure out something first. And then Clue goes, but Fee, it's Carrie's first time. And he's like, it's getting out of hand, Clue. It's affecting all of us now. And that's when Jack says, it's okay. I'll go with her, Clue. Go find us a seat. And yeah. that's when they head back to the ranch to actually approach Greg. 
Mm. I thought the green screen was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're in the crop circle. I like how they show them in the crop circle when they zoomed out. And I, like, I thought that, that worked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. they show them and just the green <laughs> screen in the back is just so bad. <laughs> yeah. You could tell they're working so on a set. Yeah. Yeah, so then I think the most interesting thing is the ending of this episode where we see this flash of light and Mary asks, like, is that them? Are they back? And Fee tells Jack to listen, that we need to get ready for something. Yeah. Because it ends so mysteriously. Yeah. um, Something where, I don't know if it was because of the Benefit concert, but the mom is saying how, oh, with the national coverage, they made $2 million, so have enough money so they can let the field go fallow next season and then the mom's like maybe those things will stop coming mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then at the end of the concert this really loud noise which I'm thinking it's the spaceship and then you hear a voice that says listen mm-hmm. and um, I've never heard it actually say listen really yeah yeah they I've say listen it. rewind it a I couple just hear of times so I was like, what? yeah they say listen And I, I never caught that. I never caught that before this episode, like going back this time. I never actually heard it say listen until this time. And I was like, oh, you do actually hear a voice. Yeah, I, I didn't catch it until when I started re rewatching it and actually paying attention. And mm. yeah, they say listen, and that's why Fee's like, oh, did you hear that? They're trying to get us ready to listen. Oh, oh mysterious. Yeah. It bothers me so much that we never knew what the aliens were trying to communicate to Faye. Mm. This is alien episode number two. We have one more alien episode coming later. Another alien reference in Upa. And then it just disappears. Um, and there wasn't wasn't there an alien reference in Nightmare? Or am I getting that wrong? Was there one? No. no. Well, there's the Roswell episode, and then there's also the transplant Upa. episode. Oh, and yeah. transplant, I forgot about that. And Upa, yeah. Yeah, so this is a mm-hmm. continuous storyline throughout season two, mm-hmm. and then it's completely abandoned. I know. Yeah, so I'm trying to think, like, they're saying they want Fee or whoever to get ready to listen. Yeah. And if we remember the second season, or the original third season, wasn't there supposed to be, like, a young alien who was, like, the same age as Fee and had parents who passed away as well? Yes. And Yeah, and so he wanted to connect with Fee in some way? Yes, this is all about, it's supposed to tie in with Tad Raxel, too, and how Tad Raxel would create a universal gateway in the literal sense, to have mm-hmm. a real worldwide web connecting like, the different galaxies or something. Mm-hmm. And, and it always got me thinking. have like a savior and Fee was the one for Earth. Oh, wow. Which would be so amazing. It made me yeah. wonder if the origin or the new, I guess you could say, third season episode with the aliens and the, the Thanksgiving episode. It always okay. made me wonder if those aliens had anything to do. I know it's totally off. They were off. But if it had anything to do with, like, these older alien episodes, 
No. I don't know. No, I, I don't <laughs> at think all. at all. No. Like, these aliens are so intelligent, so mysterious, have advanced technology, and then we get to season three, and we get one alien episode, and they don't know anything. Yeah, they're, they're, idiots. they're idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought it was weird. A disgrace when... to the name alien. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But um, something we missed, um, just a couple little things about the episode that I thought were interesting. Um, in the beginning of the episode, when Irene is, like, kind of griping about not being able to find a guitarist, she hands Fee the phone, and she goes, Fee, call the booking company. There's this guy named Jim something. Call him and see if they have an extra guitarist for us. And Fee gets on the phone, and then the guy reads her mind. Remember, he's like, Jim's not in right now. Um, and he reads Fee's mind, and that was another thing that helped Fee realize that the wheat was getting people to read minds. But that guy who she called on the phone, who Irene told her to call, that's actually the guy who called Mary and told her about the $2 million. She goes, Jim Highmiker called and told me, um, you know, that we made all these national pledges and we made about $2 million. So we'll be able to have enough money in our share to let the field go fallow next year. But I thought it was interesting. It gave us a little capitalization on who that Jim guy was. It's Jim Heimiker, um, who works for the the booking agency. Wow. Yeah. That's fine. Interesting. And then another little note, um, when they approach the mom again, Fee being sassy goes and approaches the mom again. <laughs> you know, like, what? You don't know. And um, the guy's like, no, she's allergic. She can't eat the wheat. And the yeah. mom is nervous because she's like greg are you making people sick like what do you mean it's going into our bakery and um he's like well remember when i took a trip to wichita and it, it wore off it's only temporary so that again gives us another um you know note that it is absolutely in kansas yeah that was a little plot twist with the mom being allergic and not knowing that it spreads through their food Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing I want to make note of is that we get a dude bro sighting in this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he even has a line. He says, Puck. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, check. The base. So. Dude bro, rising star in the Molly Phillips band. <laughs> oh. And he got to hang out with Shadaisy a little bit. Yeah. Out. I like the band. They pretty much use the same people for the band, right? Yeah, they do. They I noticed this, they use the same drummer, and I think they use the same piano person. And that's pretty cool because they're not really really like, mm -hmm. not like other shows. Yeah, we don't even learn their names. Yeah, except for Chug. I think I I don't know. Someone said that in some episode. It was uh, listed in the credits, I think. Of Encore, because he had a line in Encore. His name is like Danny Donacolo or something. I'm looking it up now. I saw it when I was going through the casting and crew. I didn't write it down. The actor? Yeah, the actor. Yeah, the actor is all into his music stuff. Mm -hmm. he's, he's truly a bassist mm -hmm. uh, in real life. Yeah, that's cool how they got the, like real musicians. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wonder, oh, is he credited for like making some of the songs? No, I don't think he made any of them. Probably just like a musician. Yeah, I thought most of the music from seasons one and two was 
the lyrics by John Cougsey, and the music by Amory Montad. Yeah, which she is amazing. Yeah, I've listened to some of her stuff, too. She's really good. I actually drove out to Sunnyvale, California. I was 15, and she was playing a house show in Sunnyvale, and I drove there to see her, and she literally, like, I'm not bragging. <laughs> I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. <laughs> um, well, she, like, she goes, everyone, this is Jimmy, and, like, I wrote all the music to his favorite TV show, and this is in the darkness and she yeah. played it yeah she played it to me at her house show awesome. and I didn't get oh it on God. camera i didn't record it it was like back in the day and age when we would like buy those disposable cameras oh <laughs> so i have like pictures from that event mm -hmm. but um i recently reached out to her and she said she's gonna work on recording that for me again so if she ever does that again, I will totally share it with you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I really that hope that she does. Yeah. And I've asked her since, like, if she had any demos from when she worked on the show. Um, she said she's going to look and see what she has, but she doesn't think she has any with her actually singing. But we'll see. And who was that person again? Uh, Anne-Marie Montade, uh, which she goes by oh, okay. she goes by Cullen, which is her maiden name, um, and she's remarried. Uh, she has a wife now, and she lives in Spain. Huh. Yeah. Years really ago, great. when YouTube was going through this, oh, copyright infringement phase where they were banning a bunch of videos for using music, there were so weird fans who reached out for her to ask for her permission to use her music for so weird fan vids and she happily obliged and there are still mm -hmm. some up on YouTube with her music to them. Yeah, she gets really excited like if you send them to her, she's like, where, where did you get that song? How did you <laughs> hear that? Because they're like off these really old albums that she used to sell online um, that are no longer available and you can't find them on iTunes or YouTube um, but I recently reached out to her and she sent me all of her old albums so if you guys ever want those I have those awesome of the yeah. so weird songs no well, no they're stuff. from her career yeah uh, her, okay her stuff but she had a huge part in writing like the lyric not the lyrics but writing like all the melodies and the actual like music of the songs for basically season two um most of those songs that is fascinating mm -hmm. i mean wow how far was your house you drove how far to this? um only a couple hours i lived in modesto california which is like okay. central valley and she was like over toward the bay area so only about two hours and it was a fun road trip for my friend and i and it was like my first road trip, you know, because I was 15 and it was like my first road trip with my friend by ourselves. And we had a we had a really great time. It was fun. That's incredible. Yeah, it, it's I definitely treasured that memory because she's been so sweet to me over the years. Like she's sent me her autograph albums. She's, you know, has been just so nice over all these years. And it's been it's been a long time. Like I'm 28 now. You know, like, I was 15 when I met her. Like, this show, I've been a fan for so long, it's ridiculous. Cool. I think we got a little off topic, but we're basically done, I think, with reviewing Listen. the episode. 
Yeah, yeah. so we just need to give our final ratings. It's hard, like, for me to review it because when I watch it as a standalone, it's okay. But when I compare it to all the other um, episodes, like, it, I don't really remember it, I guess. So, I don't know. I guess I would rate it a six. Yeah, I That's would fine. agree with that. I was thinking I'd give it a six, too, because it's, as a standalone, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's part of a storyline that go, ends up going nowhere, so it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. I don't like Red. And basically, yeah. the only good points of this episode are some good clue moments and the chest touch between Molly and Carrie. <laughs> Those are the highlights. That's it. <laughs> I like... Um... Just to note, like, as the scene is ending, I like how, like, um, Jack, like, after they have that nice little talk with Mary and Greg, Jack is still kind of an asshole, and he's like, well, they get a lot of money, so I think they need to take a nice long vacation, because if they are seeing little green men, then they are working too hard. And, yeah, Jack's still in denial. Yeah, and he's like, well, it can't just all be their imagination. What about the crop circles? And then somehow Jack pulls out like this apostate literature against crop circles, <laughs> calling it hoaxes. I'm like, he's had this the whole episode in his back pocket and he's just now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to mention that, that I think it's cool that they bring in the hoax part of this whole crop circle phenomenon. Yeah. And I, I think those two guys that he mentioned were real people. I didn't, I caught them, but I didn't really look it up because he mentioned it was in Eng England. And I know yeah. that there have been hoaxes, like, caught. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, it probably doesn't matter at all. But just to give my rating, I as well give it, like, a solid six. Just because it's one of those episodes that really got your hopes up. But then, like you said, it just mm -hmm. doesn't go anywhere. And so if you're not a huge fan like we are, you're not really going to know where that episode falls into the rest of the theme and the storyline. Yeah. Um, and then also something quick I wanted to bring up was when Greg is like going towards Fee. I do like how protective Jack is. Yeah. Yeah, he's super protective of her. And it's even nice, like the scene where he's like, don't worry about a clue. Like I'll go with her. Like even when he totally thinks she's full of crap, he still takes up for her and lets her kind of go on her whim to prove her wrong in a way, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So what do you think, Emily? Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we care. We care very much. We care. I don't know. If I do, like, the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Yes. And that one, uh, okay, can I do one thumbs up, one thumbs down? Yeah. There you go. Okay, because, I don't know, as a kid, yeah, I didn't really understand this episode much, as we talked about, like, the whole stuff about Fields going fallow and all that. I had no idea what that meant, and it was all very confusing. But I guess I appreciate it more now as an adult, just because I do understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. But you're right, like, the ending, it just kind of, it's still, it makes me angry that that never went anywhere. <laughs> so, it's frustrating to watch in mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. But... It's frustrating just how much they dropped the ball with this show, how much they threw their hands up. You know, it's really upsetting that they just acted as if there wasn't a fan base for the show, as if there weren't people who cared. 
and that's the most upsetting part to me is that they kind of threw stuff at us and we're like here you go here's your show like we're, we're ending we're over like here you yeah. go yeah i mean what i always think is interesting is when people bring up season three um there were a lot of changes but it wasn't just because well i guess it was a little bit of everything like disney wanting to change the show um but it was also Kara leaving on her own because mm -hmm. i think some people think they maybe fired her or something for this new uh type of season but she wanted to pursue other things so it was just a lot yeah happening i i just assumed that she just got done with it and then she just wanted to have a normal life mm -hmm. that's what i think but I just thought that, okay, she had her very own TV show on Disney Channel. She's growing up. She wants to break out of Disney, see what else she can do. And then it just didn't work out the, the way that she hoped it would. I don't think I ever put a lot of thought into why she left. I was a little disappointed. But I think at the end, I respected her decision because, I mean, it was Disney Channel. Yeah. And even back then, I mean, Hillary Duff was just right after, right? And so she yeah. felt all kinds of pressure, I'm pretty sure. And so I can't blame her for leaving at all. And yeah. again, uh, like they could have found a way to make the story of So Weird work without Kara. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think they still that had everybody could have been promoted to the main character. And the show would have done just fine like that. Yeah. And they tried to incorporate her. Like, I do appreciate the third season because I'm a huge Alex Johnson fan. I've met her tons of times. I've seen her live eight times. Like, I'm a huge Alex Johnson fan because of So Weird. So I love it for that because it introduced me to this amazing artist. But I like that they kind of nod toward B in the new season. But it's so sad that there's so much more in this alternate universe that all of our minds go to because of the original season yeah and i'm sure we're going to talk about there's so much for us to talk about with that when we get into season three sure yeah and we're definitely inviting you back for that yeah i'd love definitely. to be there any you're episode... gonna have to be our main host <laughs> well you did a great job on this one so <laughs> i love yeah, hanging out with you guys it was such a blast i really really enjoyed talking with you guys yeah, it was great to see all the insights you brought into. Okay, so get into the feedback part of the show. So on our Facebook page um, for our episode Nightmare, this is from Lauren. And she said, as soon as I saw that this episode was available, I hopped on wait, on it in a heartbeat. I've been waiting for you guys to go over this episode since the podcast's inception, for Nightmare is my favorite episode of So Weird. Nightmare stands out in my mind as a summoner of my interest for dreams and the psychology behind them. The way the episode explored the subject really got to the core of the weirdness in dreams and how they can reveal a lot about you and what you believe. While I agree that this feels like one of those episodes that could have gone beyond the 20-minute limit, I still feel that the execution did this story justice anyway. 
In addition, while I didn't really care for the character Danny either, I do feel that his fear of his parents arguing and leaving him was justified. While yes, the episode did not hide the fact that the parents have been having problems, notice how until the dream, Danny never verbalized his thoughts about the ongoing arguments. So I feel that when he said, stop fighting, I don't want you to go away and leave me, that summed up his thoughts in the ultimate nutshell. I know that this post is getting a bit lengthy now. I just wanted to also say that I look forward to future episodes, The Faith. I love how that's become like this so weird catchphrase. I'm a fan. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's a great comment. Um, I like what she said about the psychology of the dreams in the episode or whatever. Because I actually noticed something the last time I watched it that wasn't brought up last episode. Mm -hmm. So... You know the whole, like, there's that room that's white and it has that all that crap in it. it feels like he's on a game show. Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. where they are when the monster comes, right? And then, like, all that stuff disappears and all you see is the monster and Danny's parents arguing. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was, like, kind of a metaphor for the whole theme of the episode. That, you know, because, like, at the beginning of the episode, Irene is all... Like, oh my god, she has all this great stuff. Her life is so great. And then by the end of it, Irene kind of realizes that none of that stuff matters if they're, you know, arguing all the time. So yeah. I really liked that she brought that up. Yeah. Because I appreciated it more the last time I watched it, how they mm -hmm. set up the dream sequence and everything like that. Yeah, I never thought about that. Me neither. I like I, I've always tried to associate those things with something, but I can never really figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I liked, uh, I liked how the reason why Jack was so pulled in to Danny's dream was because of his issues with his father. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that parallel. They were both having issues with their parents. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No. And I like that she so, saved it for Danny a little bit because... Oh, I know. <laughs> Did you like Danny, Emily? <laughs> you know, okay, so, like, throughout most of the episode, I didn't really like him, but he got me when he was all, I don't want you to leave me, and he, like, turns and looks at the ground. I, that pulled at my heartstrings a little bit, so I had to give, give him a, a little bit of props for that. <laughs> he was a cute actor. He was a good little actor. And, you know, in the... In the story of it all, he is Carrie and Clue's little cousin, so we have to love him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I do like him more than Fee and Jack's cousins, the Twin Tornadoes. Oh, they're cute, too. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really Something look like the twins. Kids were. No, they're, they're not twins. <laughs> <laughs> really, are they? So yeah, thank you, Lauren, and also thank you for contributing to our little patron thing that I set up. Um, yeah, thank you. Okay, so this is from Andrea. Um, she says, thank you for all of your comments on this episode, and I apologize for my feedback being so long. Danny's nightmare really hit close to home for me. I'm not sure how much time passes between Nightmare and Listen, but it seems that the conflict between Danny's parents did not didn't take long to give Molly inspiration, given that we hear new math in the next episode. When I watched the episode on Disney, I enjoyed that an uninterrupted expert of the song was played during the credits. Listen, do you think it fuels the Molly Carey ship? 
Throughout the episode, she is so in favor of him playing as her guitarist for the charity gig, despite Irene's protests. Never before had I paired the two characters in my mind due to their age difference and Molly's love for Rick. I still don't pair them, but after the shipper discussions on the podcasts and rewatching the episodes with the ship in mind, I can't unsee it now. <laughs> That's it's kind of what happened to me. That's kind of what happened to me too. I never saw it. I'm sorry for interrupting, but that's what happened to me. I never thought about it until I stumbled upon the So Weird fandom at Conrad's hideout on LiveJournal. And ever since, I have not been able to unsee it. <laughs> and I find it hilarious that it's spreading to like, the entire So Weird fandom. It is, because I didn't yeah. see it either, and now I can't unsee it. <laughs> and even John Cooksey knows about it. The people from Conrad's hideout reached out to him and asked him about it. And his response was like, well, we didn't intend for there to be Molly Carey subtext, but Carey came off, came off as too mature. So a love, a romantic interest between the two is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. I never paid attention. But like you said, once you start discussing with fans, then you can't unsee it. Like yeah. everything that they do, all of their interjections, like him always being at their house in the morning to eat cereal, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, how often are you there? <laughs> okay, yeah, um, so I, I'm pretty sure this episode does feel the ship, because it has some of its moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so thank you, Andrea. Yes, thank you, that just brightened my whole night. <laughs> and we got some comments on YouTube. Okay, so this is for our sacrifice episode, which actually has a lot of views. I, I don't really know why, but this one is like standout. Anyway, um, this is from Patty. She said, This is definitely one of my favorite episodes as a kid and still today. The only thing that bothers me is at the end when Fee sends the soldier's descendant the locket. She doesn't seem to include the diary. Mm. Mm. I hadn't thought about that. That is kind of weird. She, she kept the diary. <laughs> and I read the book, and I'm pretty sure it's the same in the book. Wow. So she well, only sends the locket. I guess, you know, you're a kid, and sometimes you want to keep things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or maybe she just doesn't want anybody else to learn about Bigfoot. That's like what it is. Them. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That is what it is, I bet. Because the book gives away the the Bigfoot. So. Anyway, so thank you, Patty. Yeah. Never thought this of that is, before. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, this is from Jeth117 or Geth. And it's for a Nightmare episode. Um, they said, in terms of stock footage, I'm sure Disney has a large archive of that laying around. Actually, come to think of it, Disney Channel live-action shows have lots of stock footage on them compared to their competitors on Nickelodeon thinking about it now. Hmm. I never really noticed stock footage besides this show. Now, when they say stock footage, do they mean like those audience cut scenes and stuff like, like that? Um, it's because we have talked about the intros and how they're all basically stock footage. Oh yeah, and then the um the scene with like the 
ghost running, like it's kind of like a woman's silhouette of a ghost running. Didn't John Cooksey say that that was like um, somebody who was in the cast and crew and they like got her to record that scene? Yeah, I always thought it was interesting because you don't see that in any episode, just the intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they recorded it like specifically for the intro. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. <clears throat> and yeah. then uh, we got another comment by Beauty um, Effulgent. I think that's how you say it. Um, they Effulgent. said Effulgent. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> that's from Buffy. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a Buffy fan. I love your name. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Beauty Effulgent. Okay, they said, I just found out about this podcast yesterday, and it has made me indescribably happy. This was my absolute favorite show as a kid, and a few years ago, I found it online and fell in love with it all over again. Love you people for doing this. And yeah, I think this is a good episode. It definitely reminds me of the Buffy episode, Nightmares, especially the whole theme being about facing your fear. I think the reason I don't love this episode is because I can't help comparing it to that episode, which was definitely executed better. Still, I love the Jack Fee Rick moments, and this episode also has some good humorous bits. The emotional resonance is really what makes this episode stand out to me. Yeah. Aw, great comment. Yeah. yeah. You know, this doesn't really have to do with so weird, I guess, but I don't really care for the Nightmare episode of uh, Buffy one of those that all the fans enjoy it's like mm -hmm. people say oh this is one of the best episodes of television and to me it's just a little too weird but yeah uh. i definitely think <laughs> that it captured the surrealism i guess of dreams better than the nightmare episode of this show i think zach had talked about that episode in the podcast yeah Anyway, so cool. Thank you. I love that you love our podcast and that you just found it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I always I've get happy when people find it and then they start rewatching it and get so happy that there's others out there <laughs> like them. Yeah, I think I've seen that name around YouTube some in some of the comments. So, oh, and like weird videos story. in the past. Uh huh. So I'm glad you found us. Welcome. And that is all the feedback that I have. All right. That's great. Hey, uh, Jimmy, do you want to make a plug for your So Weird fan site thing? Um, <laughs> I haven't really been updating it as much as I should, but um, I do run like a little blog site. It's called the So Weird Current Cast Projects. So you could just go to like soweirdcast.blogspot.com. And that's like my little blog. And I just like to update a little bit, you know, if I hear something that a member of the cast is doing like a project or an, an album or just talking in general, I'll uh, link you and kind of give you some feedback on what the cast is up to lately. Cool. So I'll that's add a that link. website. Yeah, I'll add that link to the description box. Thank you so much. All right, so thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the So Weird Podcast. My name is Kat. I'm Cassie. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Emily. Good night, everybody. Keep the faith. Good night. Keep the faith. Bye.
Even something still 